It's good. Great to be able to be here. I love the AGM. I so look forward to it. And uh, Zoe was just saying to me, this is our seventh AGM. So this is like our, our year of jubilee in all kinds of different ways. It's like, you know, believing for a year of freedom, um, together with all the other words that, that God has given to us. And um, I've got three words for you tonight. Um, the, and they all start with R. And they're not kind of usual words for a talk. They're not like redemption and restitution or whatever. The three words are roundabouts, redwoods, and rabbits. Really? Say it with me. Roundabouts, redwoods, and rabbits. That's what I'm going to talk to you about tonight. And um, it, it starts, I suppose, with thinking about how God guides us into, into bigger things than we would have ever expected. I was, uh, I was looking for a great quote from Bill Hybels to start the AGM talk with. I thought that would be really good. Bill Hybels, great speaker. And I went to a conference of his ages ago. So I looked through and I found this book and I thought, you know, Bill Hybels has something really good to say. And I was rooting through this and I couldn't find it. And then I found a list of things. There's like 15 things on a page and I'm reading through them and I'm thinking, why have I written those things down that have happened in the last couple of years? Why, why have I written those 15 things down? Why did I put that on a piece of paper? And then I looked back and I realised that those 15 things, actually of 13 of them, I looked through and I could say, yeah, that happened, that happened, that happened, that happened, that happened, that happened. But I wrote those in 2005 as impossible prayer goals. Wouldn't it be amazing if God really was who God says he is and could do anything that he says he could do? I've just got these two guys and Nick to do this, didn't I, the other day? To write down some huge, you know, God, if you can use anybody, you can use me kind of goals. And, and then I was like a vicar in a little church in Surrey and kind of just starting to believe maybe God could use me for, for something great and saying, all right, well, I'm really up for that and whatever you want. And so I did some big stuff and I wrote it all down and all that kind of stuff. And I'm looking through it and I'm actually thinking, those things which were yesterday's ceiling have become the floor. Yeah. You know, those things that I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if God could? Guess what? God did. And God does. And God wants to do it, not just in Anthony's life. He wants to do it in your life. Anybody believe that? Yeah. Four people. Does anybody actually... No, no, no. Seriously. Do you, what I want to know is, do you actually believe it? Because yeah. if not, you know, we need to get some faith. You know, there's people sitting in this room who, 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 if you look back, things that you thought, wow, I don't know if God could ever do that. And you look back and he's actually done them. So, again, to say... You know, to be honest with you, I must have been in a happy day when I said about the 20 grow groups and all that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, I'll give them a challenge. And it's 21. Our God is able to do immeasurably, abundantly more than ever we could ask or even imagine. I believe that. So it's good. Start there in terms of our planning. Start there in terms of 2016. Start there from that level of faith. If you've got any kind of, I don't know, ditch it, grab some faith and start to make some God-sized plans because actually the, the other couple that were on there, the other couple of possible things that kind of maybe I'm not sure whether or not I could actually tick that box. Do you know what the word for that after that is? Yet. Because the, the goal wasn't too big and God wasn't too small. Maybe it just needs a bit, it just needs a bit more time. Maybe I need to some stuff to change in me before I'll be able to see that fully and he knows what he's doing and I can trust him and I can believe it but you know since then I've set some other goals and I'm, I'm heading for those too and a lot of what we're about tonight is to be looking at those so how do we get there how do we get 
from where we are and into God's promises. If God's got this amazing promised land for us, how is it that we get there? Well, I was reading just on Monday, because it's good to read the Bible, and it's good to read it every day, because if you want to be led by God, it's good to read the Bible every day, and not just to read it sometimes or when you're in trouble. So I'm reading it. In, just in the pattern, not because I'm looking for a word for the AGM or anything like this, just reading it through. And sometimes God will just highlight something for you. In Exodus chapter 13, it says this, When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine's territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, because if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. In other words, you can look at the map and you can see that there's kind of Egypt over here, Israel's over here, and there's pretty much a straight, straight road to it, to, into the promised land. But God knew if it's too easy, if there's not some bends in the road, if, they get straight, if they're headed straight there, they're going to expect it to be easy all the way. And then if an enemy comes out or if there's a problem along the way, they're going to think, oh, this wasn't the will of God then, because the will of God's always easy. The will of God's always a straight road. So we better go back to Egypt God's clever you know he knows what we're like so he knew that and he said so God led them I love this in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea you can basically see instead of it going zoom zoom it goes zoom that's what it's like it's like round and round and round and round and round and God led them so it's like a different way of being led. It's not straight, but it's sure. If you're trusting God, if you're following God. And then it says the Israelites left that place and camped to Etham on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went ahead of them. That's what counts. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night and the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. We've just got to have the Lord in front of us. We've got to be sticking close to his presence. That's how you get led in a roundabout way. Not direct, directed. Because God's not just interested in a destination for us, he's interested in a destiny that he's got in mind for us. And he says along the way, verse 18, so God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Not just like a bunch of slaves wumbling through, fearful, like an army ready for battle being led in a roundabout way it says that he led he guided he provided what more do you need if we look into the future and god gives you a great big dream and something that's so scary you think i don't know how we can do it but then he says but if you will stick close to me and if you'll follow me then i guarantee you will be led you will be guided and you will be provided. Does that help you to do it? It definitely does for me. And one of the ways that he guides is, as I say, regularly through reading of scripture, and that's the, the number one way 
we believe that God will speak to us, but also he sometimes speaks to us through his people. But one of the things that he does is he gives words of prophecy. He can, he can, bring, he can highlight something and somebody can come along and, and open a door that you didn't know was there by, by giving you an encouraging word or something like that. And the fact is, even before I came here, I know that God's been doing great stuff through this church. And one of the things that we, we've kept on going back to over the years, and actually when we were looking at, and we were, we were thinking about the building work and the first fruits and what we should do with that, Catherine, Catherine Proudman, who is amazing, <laughs> sent to the elders this, this thing about what we're praying about, and she said, I was just prompted to think about that prophecy that we've had before. In 2001, there's this guy called Mark Isles. Now, please don't read it now, because listen to me instead. But honestly, you can take it home, and it will still be on the piece of paper when you get home. It isn't going to disappear. The words will not fall off the page. But I'll read a few salient points from this thing. That This guy came in 2001 and spoke to the church. And he said, I see three wellsprings. Don't read it. <laughs> I readily identify these in the building by three windows that we have here. So when I saw these three wellsprings, I was really quite struck. They represent seasons in the church's life. The first season, I'm not going to read it all, I see coming on the church is really a season of significance of unity among the churches in this area in Manchester. And I believe the fellowship here, not only the leadership, but the church itself is a church that's going to be significant in praying and bringing about unity among the churches in this place. And then he goes on and on about that. Well, now, in all kinds of ways, that season happened. We've got Deborah sitting there. She was so instrumental in that, together with Frank, to be able to, and, and also, not just that, but things that, the message has been this incredible focus for unity and our connection with, with you know, through the message and all kinds of things. There's all kinds of things that Ivy, in some ways, has been essential to, to help to happen, which have been part of, not our name, but the name of Jesus being lifted up in the centre. And you know what? I don't think these prophecies are like, oh, well, that was then, and now we're in a different season. That was then, and this is now. You know, that was then, and now we're in a season where we are all about unity, where we're all about the name of Jesus being lifted out. We're all about higher tour. We're all about praying for that and, and being a part of that. We want, that isn't just then, but we want to be praying for unity together because that's marking us. That's how, what something God's spoken to us. So we thank God that it's happened and we believe it's going to keep on happening. It's going to keep on marking us as a word in this church. And then the second thing, the second wellspring I see coming up, the second season that is going to come after that, I believe, is going to be a release of women's ministry in this place. And he says there's going to be, there's women here that gifts and your talents are publicly seen. There's going to be many young ladies being pushed out from behind the bushes, just as many of the mature ladies are going to be pushed out from behind the bushes. So we need to get some bushes and then we start, and start pushing some young women out of them. God is going to come upon you, ladies, in such a way it will help you overcome your embarrassment and wrong understanding of your place in Christ and bring you into inheritance. He's also going to anoint you in a way those gifts that within you are just going to want to come out and are going to pull you out. And some people are going to begin to think it's the beginning of trouble, not realising that God is releasing his whole army. There will be criticism aimed at this. Do you know what? I just want to thank... God for Frank and Deborah and for the, the, just the way that they have been so much at the spearhead of, of, of doing that and, and, and you know they took the bullets, they took a lot of the flack for all of that kind of stuff to help to elevate women's ministry here in this church and that's been something that has been recognised and made a massive difference in the, in the national and even the international scene so can we just thank them for that and for taking those bullets. Because, because of that, that was never a battle I had to fight here. 
You know, the battle is, we want fully, as much as possible, we want to be, keep releasing women into their inheritance to, to play their part in the army. It says there will be criticism aimed at this, but don't be put off by that because I believe it's what the Father is going to do. Some of the women in this church are going to have bigger voices than the men in this church. I don't just mean that they're going to be louder. Some of the women in this church are going to have more international impact than the men in this church. So, you know, has that happened? Absolutely. And it's going to happen, and it's some of you in the room right now. There's, there's more Deborahs, there's more Lynns, there's more, the, the, God's raising them up. God wants to raise them up, but you've got to stand up if he's raising you up. He wants to raise you up, but you've got to say, I'm up. It's not about men and women, he says that, that's so important. This isn't like, oh, well, women want to do this. Men, it's, no, it's not about men and women, it's about Jesus. Yeah. And once we get to that point of it being about Jesus, then it doesn't matter whether it's a man or a woman in that sense. Jesus. Simply releasing the gifts in the way he chooses to apportion them, as it said in Scripture. So I believe the second season in this fellowship is the, the ladies are going to find a pushing from behind them and a pulling from in front of them. And if you're feeling part of that, this is your year of equipping. Get those dates in your diary, be at every single one of them, and God wants to help you to grow. And we want to see you emerge in your gifting. We need that. We need the whole army. And then he said, I'm afraid I can't give you time plans on this. I just feel these seasons follow on, one from another. That it really is for you to work out and pray through and seek God. And in the last season, I see a time of provision. I believe, I said at the beginning of the year, as well as the year of equipping, this is our year of provision. A time of financial provision for this fellowship. And my heart went to the Father saying, well, are you saying the unthinkable? Are you talking about us moving buildings, Father? Remember, this was 2001. Are you talking about redeveloping the building? So this is in Ivy Cottage he's saying this. I feel that it is on God's agenda, but before that, I believe God is going to plant out five churches from this place. Say five. five. Five churches. So actually, the issue of the building is going to be postponed for a while because I believe people are going to be planted out to five locations. And the picture I see is of a wheel or a hub with five spokes coming out they represent the links from the mother church to the fellowships around it I don't know how far they're going to be away but I know there's going to be within travelling distance and then he goes and he reiterates those three things it's going to be about unity in mission it's going to be about women being released into their inheritance and being part, fully part of the army and it's going to be about planting five churches five different locations and then when that happens we're going to see God's provision like we've never even dreamed of it I'm up for that I think God can speak. I think God knows the beginning from the end. So the roundabouts, but then you, know, you see, you kind of look at, 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 at that and then you think, well, actually, we've not really got, got five locations. You could kind of double count and you could do this and all that. But no, we haven't really. We're not there quite yet. And then we were elders. So we were talking about that. We're saying, so what are the pictures God's, other pictures God's given us of what Ivy's going is and what it's going to be like? And somebody said, well, it, you know, I was saying, in some ways, it's a bit, I've talked to the staff team, the guys leading these different churches, like they've all been given a little pony of their own, but they're not to go off and just ride it wherever they want because we're together. And so somebody, all right, pony. And then somebody said, yeah, but we've had like a lifeboat as well, haven't we? And everybody's got a lifeboat and you're supposed to go. And I said, yeah, all right. And then somebody said, well, it's like ivy and ivy growing and spreading. Yeah, all right, yeah, we've got that one. And then it was like a tree. So I'm like, yeah, all right. So we've got a tree riding a pony in a lifeboat covered in ivy. This is, all, this is a really helpful picture. And uh, we're going to do all of that. Like, well, yeah, what's God saying? And then I said, actually, the... the the tree things may be quite helpful because it was something that then came to mind that I read a while ago about redwood trees. Redwood trees are quite amazing. They can grow to like over 300, 350 feet tall 
and yet they have these tiny little roots, six foot of root, 300 feet high. How, how does that happen? Well, it's, the only reason it can happen is because they're connected. An earthquake can hit an area of redwoods and they won't fall over, even though they've got those shallow roots. Why? Because they're all connected. They're underneath the surface. See, you might come to a redwood tree and say, oh, that's that redwood tree. But actually, that redwood tree is connected to all those other redwood trees. So that's not. So you might come to Ivy Sharston. You might have been coming to Ivy Sharston. You might become a Christian here at Ivy Sharston. You might think that's Ivy. Actually, no, that's, that's one of our redwoods, and we want it to grow really, really big. But the only way it's going to grow really big is if you and me and the people that are in it are so connected that I'm praying for Sharston and we're blessing them and Sharston are blessing us. We're working together. We're sharing in terms of team and resources and, and all of that kind of thing. As we do that, we grow together. We want to grow together into those so we will be stable, so that we will be strong, so that we will be secure, so that we will be unshakable together. So it's, it gets this amazing picture of this one church in these different ways all connected together. So we have these different, you know, so you, you, you come up and you see, it was uh, Robert Nettleton said, it, it, they're like, you're never going to find a single redwood tree. You'll find a colony of them growing together. That's, that's how it is. So we've got a colony of churches that are, that are growing up. So we've got Ivy Fallowfield, which has changed its name now to Kinetic this year. We've got Kingsway, which effectively planted Sharston, which effectively planted Mersey Bank. But they're all connected under the surface. You might not see the connections all the time. And then from that we've got, uh, you know, we've been looking at, and Didsbury has remained there, but that was a plant initially. We didn't have an evening service and then that started and we're looking how that works and how we're going to develop that and part of that was to raise money through this first fruits offering, which was magnificent. Everybody who gave, thank you, whoop, and yay for everybody who gave to that. That's amazing. But what's it for? Well, it's so that we can dream about planting more churches. So we've talked about the possibility of us planting a, a service that might reach 20s people and be led by 20s people. It doesn't have to be in that building. It could be wherever God wants it to be. We've, we've, you know, we've prayed, well, if it's within driving distance, where should that be? Maybe we should be planting an ivy in some way that's in North Manchester, not just thinking about South. You know, there's different ideas. We need to pray into these different things for God and for what he wants so that's we've had roundabouts we've had redwoods my final point then because somebody would say yeah but last year you had this big exciting thing and you talked about new thing and we all got super excited and we all heard you talking about how we're going to be part of planting 250 or even 500 churches so you know you're talking about three now or whatever it's not much it's not much is it it's rubbish what are you doing <laughs> well if you're thinking that leave now but you know what? I was in a meeting in, in the States and somebody started to say, well, if you're going to plant 500 across Europe, that means, and that's by 2020, that means by 2019, you need to have like 400. And then in 2018, you need to have like 300. And 2017, you need to have 200. And 2016, you need to have... And he was like going, dun, dun, dun. And I said, no, not according to his book. And the guy who was in the room, who, who'd written this book, who's been mentoring us, David Fer Dave Ferguson, he wrote this book called Exponential, and he talked about rabbits. And he talked about how, how rabbits, basically, you, you, it isn't like addition, it's multiplication. You get two rabbits, you put them in the bag, you have a look in a little bit, after a bit, your carrots have gone, and you've got more rabbits. And then you need to go and get more bags, because you've got more rabbits. 
And that's what it is. What matters is multiplication. It's getting multipliers together because multipliers start to multiply. And you end up with this. That's how you get. You're never going to get exponential growth by adding one after the other. It's this Fibonacci sequence. So what we decided to do for this year is a major focus of, of what's the plan then for new thing. I mean, we have done some stuff. We've got a couple of great guys that are leadership residents. So we're like, that means they're like church planters in training. We've got, um, we've, we've collected together a group of people. We've been away with the monthly coaching calls with people who are, who are planting churches, who are thinking of planting churches. We've been away and had a weekend together and prayed and dreamed some big dreams. Connected to about 30 churches through doing that. We've helped to plant about three. We've financially invested in one or two of them. Not, not you know, just to get them going, just to help, just to bless people. Mo Timbo in Hull. We've given money and money to him to help him and now you know he's, he's from a standing start of him and his wife within about six months there are about a hundred people mostly new Christians we're part of that I don't need my name on it I'm not bothered it's Jesus he's the one that counts and this year in October we're going to put together a conference uh, where we call exponential here in Europe so this massive conference they put on in the States, they're partnering with us. We're going to put it on at the Lighthouse Church and we're going to gather together by invitation about 300 multiplying leaders of churches and of networks and we're going to bring them together with a guy called Pastor Ying Kai who I met over at Exponential who's going to come, come across who has planted 170,000 churches and has baptised his movement 2.3 million people. He's going to come and he's going to tell us how. So my plan for how we multiply is ask him. <laughs> And let's do the kind of thing that he says and let's see how we can start to multiply more and more churches. So, that's where we're up to. Are you up for any of that? Yes. Are you up for all three? Yes. Great. One thing I just want to say before we wrap up and then I'll be over to Mike is among the people that we, we lost this year but heaven gained actually is Doug Sadler. And I wanted to mark that because many of you know and it's great to have Rosie here he was a reproducing kind of disciple. You know, I don't think he ever, as far as I'm aware, ever had like a position at Ivy in terms of being up front, but behind the scenes in all kinds of different ways. He, you know, I, to, to have a funeral where you have to have another funeral and there's so many people lining up who want to talk about how you were part of leading them to Jesus and all around the world to have international impacts and all that kind of stuff. Just wanted to, to honour that for a moment. And if, and if Doug was here now, I know he'd be saying, oh, don't do that, because he was all about Jesus. And that was all that mattered to him. He, you know, he, he died, he went to go with Jesus. I mean, he's praying over, interceding over mission around the world. That's how he went to the Lord, talking to him about how do we get this mission accomplished around the world. So that's why we do what we do, isn't it? That's why we do it. It's not so we can have some numbers on a board and we can do all that kind of stuff. You know, David went out to face Goliath and he said to him, why would you do that? And he said, so that all the world will know that there is a God in Israel. That's why we're doing it. So that's why we're doing it. The stakes for this have never been higher. The world desperately needs Jesus Christ and the hope that only he can bring and the message that only he can bring. So he's the one that we're aiming to please. And so what I'm asking you to do is... Make a decision tonight. Would you be willing to be led in a roundabout way? Because that's the way it's going to happen, I think, at Ivy in the future. It's going to carry on. No, it's not, probably not going to change. Will you be led in a roundabout way, listening to God? 
Will you be connected in one of those redwoods, but through it also connected into all the other stuff that you can't see? You know, part of that will be about financially contributing and make a decision. If you don't already do that, you've been wondering about it, and you've been wondering if God's been saying it, and you're part of this church for long enough, God's saying it. Start to give, you'll be blessed. Invest in this work in the kingdom. It's one of the best things I think that you can do, unashamedly. I'm not saying that because I need you to do it, it's because you need to do it. You'll get so much more into it when you put a bit more into it. So, finally, the other thing I want you to ask you to do is, will you reproduce like a rabbit? <laughs> Don't just do it, show somebody. If you've got a grow group, multiply it. Help somebody else. Invest in somebody else. Pray for somebody from a different generation. Don't just do it, reproduce it. This year, so much about this year is going to be about reproducing leaders. Reproducing gifts in other people. And, you know, to me, there's nothing greater than, than for me to look around at our, our team and see fantastic leaders coming up, world-class people that are being raised up by Jesus. And I just get to be a part of that and to see it and cheer it on is amazing. So thanks for being part of Ivy, and I love you. And we do love you, genuinely. I said to Zoe this today, we were, I was sitting at the back at Kingsway, and it was nice just to be there. And sometimes, when I was so busy, before Ben came and took the load from that, which I also want to say was, a, as far as I'm concerned, a, a superb move for us. Anybody else? I was, I, there was times I was like, I was like, I don't know all these people. There's all these people coming. I don't know all these people. All these pe- I don't know them. I'm getting a bit out of it because I'm so busy with all, and all that kind of stuff. And then I looked around at Kingsway. I looked around yesterday. I thought, oh, I know you. 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 And it's like, and I know your story. And, and you just, and I know this, and I know, and I know, I've been praying for you, and I've been praying for you. And it was just like suddenly I thought, wow, I really love these people. It's so great to be connected to you. Thanks for being such a great church to lead and, uh, and, to, and great people to lead with. So let's go for it. Lead like roundabouts, growing like redwoods, reproducing like rabbits. Amen. Amen. Who can remember the, uh, the budget that we set this time last year? Uh, £855,000 was the number. So the first bit of good news I just wanted to give you is that we have blown that budget away. I've got to remember my knees were knocking when we talked about £855,000 as the budget. The income, we're forecasting at £873,000, which is absolutely amazing. So praise God for that. Uh, the staff have done an amazing job as well. 847000 is the amount of money we've spent. So they're 1% under. The in- income is 2% over. So we've got a surplus of £26,000. And we're going to use that in the coming year to bless people and invest back into the church. So great news. Thank you, Lord, for that provision. That's absolutely amazing. Online giving has been the main source of our income for a number of years. And this slide just gives you a view of how that has grown over the last three years. Again, amazing that people have been so generous and again amazing how God has brought new people into the church to grow those numbers so if you look at last year £483,000 this year we're forecasting £573,000 so that's a £90,000 increase in one year and that's without even the gift aid being involved so again praise God he's providing new, new members who are giving generously and those members who are already here all giving more as well so praise God for that 
Uh, is Gerald Farnell in the house? Can you go to the next slide, please? Gerald Farnell, this slide is dedicated to you. So Gerald is our... Go on, stand up, Gerald. Take a bow. Uh, on a regular basis, Gerald comes to me and says, we've really got to get the gift aid moving. We're missing out on some gift aid. He's really passionate about it. So this notice really is from Gerald. If you are giving online, that's the best way of us capturing your gift aid. Gift aid is when we get the tax back from the government. If you're not giving online, think about it. But if you're giving through the buckets, please can you remember one to always include your IM number. If you don't know what an IM number is, please see me or Gerald afterwards. Uh, always put just one name on the form. If you put two of you down, we can't claim the gift aid back. And then finally, make sure, don't be like a doctor, don't scribble your name. Make sure it's very clear, because then we can get, again, the gift, pay, gift aid back. Uh, number three, consider payroll giving as well. That's something I do. I pay through my payroll giving at work. And what it means is that Ivy gets the money before the taxman's even got to it, so we don't even have to get the tax back. So that's something to think about, genuinely. If you have got a payroll giving scheme at your work, please, please think about whether that would work for you in terms of a way of giving to the church. Okay, this is my favourite slide, actually. I, I show this one pretty much most years, so can you move on to the next slide? So... I can now say 10 years of God's provision. I've been sharing this slide for three, four, five, six years. We've now got 10 years of God's provision to show on the slide. So the first amazing thing is that God has provided to the tune of more than a million pounds for this church in the last 12 months. If that doesn't deserve a clap, I don't know what does, so come on. So 10 years ago, we had a, a, an annual income budget of £300,000. We now have an annual income budget, which, if you include first fruits, is over the million. Obviously, that brings with it challenges for the staff in terms of the finance team. There's a lot of responsibility coming our way with budgets of that size. So please, can you continue to pray for us as a team as we decide how to manage those budgets of such size? Now, I've shown on the chart there, there's different inclinations and gradients and in the last year we have seen an uptick so that says really in my view God's got something planned for us now I was going to start to talk about the Mark Illis prophecy and Anthony did say at the time if you can move on to the next slide feel free just to go through it again I'll go through it very quickly Anthony's already talked to you about the three stages that were described here I want to focus in on season three which is the church planting then the financial provision because that links to the church building that I'm going to talk about in a minute so if you can go to the next slide so this is an extract of that prophecy I'm just going to read it out here so uh, to specifically focus on the areas that are relevant to finance and the buildings in the last season I see a a time of financial provision for this fellowship. Come on, Lord. My heart immediately went to the Father saying, are you talking about redeveloping the building? I feel this is on God's agenda, but before that, so that's really saying it's on God's agenda for the building, but it isn't necessarily at the front of his agenda. It's not the first thing on his list. Before that, I believe God is going to plant out five churches from this place. So actually the issue of the building is going to be postponed for a while because I believe people are going to be planted out to five locations. Now I've been working on the buildings plan for about five years now and it keeps being postponed and we keep thinking, Lord, what's happening here? What's going on? Why are you not giving us clear guidance in terms of the building? And we're starting to believe now clearly that this is to do with we haven't quite got to the point where God wants it to happen yet. I don't know how far those 
plants are going to be away, but I do know they are going to be in travelling distance. So that isn't about an, one in Ireland or one in London, it's about in travelling distance. So if you go on to the next slide, I've just drawn a, a, a little picture of the wheel with Ivy Church in the middle. We've got Ivy Kinetic, Ivy Merseybank, Ivy Shars and Ivy Kingsway. Ivy Evening Service, I would say, is sort of in the middle still. It's not planting out as per the prophecy. So we're really waiting on the Lord to say, where is that fifth church going to be? And that's a key step for us in terms of where the building's going to move on. We get the five chances churches planted out. God's provision will flow. And then we can start on that building redevelopment. So that, that releases the buildings team in a way to not worry. It's in God's hand. And we're really going to focus and pray to him about where that new Ivy uh, plant's going to be. If you go on to the next slide, I'm just going to talk very quickly about the buildings, specifically in terms of the refurbishment. So on the right, you'll see Andrew Hawksworth, who works for Byron Clark Roberts. He's working with us as a professional consultant to provide guidance in terms of how we're going to do the building refurbishment work. Previously, we've been using an in-house team, and frankly, we were struggling. We didn't have the skills we needed internally. We've got Andrew on board now, and he's provided us a lot of information which we just wouldn't have been able to achieve by ourselves. So I'm going to show you three very high-level plans, just no, no detail, but three high-level plans that he's provided to us to think about options for developing the Ivy Building. Now, who, who knows, who's been to the Ivy Building? I just want to check that people here know what I'm talking about. Okay, great, so most people do. The Ivy Building's where everything started. Brockbank, Oliver Brockbank built it back in the late uh, 1890s, and effectively that's where the church has been born out of. So the first slide, if you can go on to the next one, is stage one of the building refurbishment. The price, I'm going to give you a price at every stage, has been worked out by a quantity surveyor. This isn't us guessing, it's a quantity surveyor saying, if you want this work to be done, it's going to cost £475,000. Obviously, that's, that's a lot of money, but it's money we believe if God wants us to have it, he will provide. So to do that stage one activity, you can see vaguely on the screen, we're going to switch the worship space around and expand it. We're going to take out two of the corners and put in metal posts, and that will provide a much better viewpoint and also more capacity for that room. We're going to take the kitchen and put it where the stage is currently, and that will provide a much better catering size kitchen, getting away from the very pokey one we've got today. We're also going to improve the lighting, the decor, the wood, colouring, a new PA, new projection. It's going to be an amazing worship space. That's £475,000. That's stage one. Stage two then says, right, what can we do with the rest of the downstairs building? If you go to the next slide. To the right-hand side, as you're looking, you'll see the old meeting rooms, they're going to get refurbished. To the front or the bottom of the slide, you'll see a foyer. We're going to expand the foyer, put two new entrances on, put far better toilets in. At the moment, the toilets are very limited in scope and not great. We're looking to improve those dramatically. That would be stage two, and the two combined then would be £900,000. And then if you go on to the last one, which chops off on the left-hand side, but shows upstairs. So the upstairs build meeting rooms. We want to refurbish those, expand them, add another one, expand over the car park at the back, and expand over the new foyer at the front. That will provide a lot more meeting space for the ever-expanding staff team. All in all, that's £1.1 million, £1.2 million. That's a lot of money. Uh, as an eldership team last Saturday, we sort of sat, sat there and scratched our heads and we're absolutely delighted and blown away by First Fruits, but we were praying, Lord, First Fruits is 150, this is 1.1, 1.2 million. How are we going to bridge the gap? 
And from the discussion, it became very clear immediately that God was saying, we need to wait. So if you can go on to the next slide, please. Our next steps then for the building are number one, to seek God for the fifth plant. And that will be an opening. And it's not just going to be fifth, it's going to be sixth, seventh, eighth. But the fifth is significant because it's part of the original prophecy. Number two, the building refurbishment fund, as I've just called it. That £140,000 we've got from First Fruits, that will remain. That isn't going to go anywhere. We're going to keep that uh, effectively uh, delegate, uh, designated for the building refurbishment, and that's going to stay open. So if you feel a, a calling to giving into that space, please continue to do so. We've also had £50,000 pledged from Brockbank Foundation, and again, we're talking to Brockbank Foundation about how... Brockbank Foundation, by the way, they own the building, so if anybody didn't know... So, and then uh, number three, we're going to carry on working with Byron Clark Roberts on the designs. We're not going to start the work, we're not going to get builders, we're not going to tender the work, but we are going to take those very rough designs and we're going to start to spec them out to get more details so we know what the costs are and to make sure we're getting what we're looking for. So that's it in terms of the building. Uh, again, another year of praying to the Lord and seeking his face again. So staff, you've seen this already, and this, this isn't a definitive list. These are the main new joiners. Fantastic, wonderful people that they are. So Ben, Katie, Marieva, really, really valued and are doing an amazing job. If you look across the top, it's showing the indication of, of the budget allocation towards staff. So about 40% of the budget next year will go on staff costs. That's a 35k increase, about 10% uplift. If you go to the next slide, uh, mission. Mission, traditionally, we try and keep that to being about 25% of our expenditure. We're going to jump that quite a lot next year by allocating the money we had previously assigned to, uh, to New Thing that had been funded through First Fruits. That's now going to be funded through the general budget. So that causes quite a good jump. Uh, we've also introduced a new mission seed fund, which you can talk to Robert Nettleton about later on if you're interested to know more about that. And we've got some new mission partners. Uh, obviously, we've got Josh Green looking very hunky there, plus a couple of, <laughs> couple of partners. I'm just jealous. I'm just jealous. So mission, very important part of our budget, and that will continue to grow as the years go by. As our budget gets bigger, we spend more on mission. Other items, the rest is just listed here, some of the big ticket items. Buildings maintenance, we have to keep the buildings going and we've added extra money into that because we've got some big ticket items. We had a quinquennial survey done by Byron Clark Roberts and they identified a number of things that had to be fixed. So we've got some extra money set aside for that. Uh, funding for growth, each of the different churchlets or plants have been given extra funding in their in their individual budgets and we want to see them grow and flourish and not just keep the money back in the middle and then finally there are costs associated with running things like Cineworld their charges are going up year by year by more than inflation so that is quite a big chunk of our income but it's a fantastic way of drawing people into the church so we add that up next slide please we get a, a total budget for next year of 999,000 pounds 999 pence and that's uh, not quite, I'm, I'm half joking. Catherine did the maths and it came out to 999,000 pounds. At some point, we know we're gonna go over the million. It's an important, we believe, spiritual mark of where we are going as a church to actually say, yeah, we are breaking through that barrier. If you include the first fruits has already come in this year, 
plus the first fruits. That's partially for the building and partially for ministry activities. We're, we know we're going to be well over that million pound mark. But for the general budget, we're going to have a million pound general budget for next year. That will require additional giving. But every year we challenge ourselves and we put a, a line in the sand before the Lord and say, what, we've got faith for this. Every year God provides. And that's the key thing I want people to take away in doing this for 10 years. Every year I've had a knee wobble when I've seen the budget. But every single year God provides. God is perfectly capable of meeting all of our needs. But at the same time, don't think that the church doesn't need your money. I know Anthony told a story at Elders of somebody saying, well, you don't need my money. You're a million pound church now. You don't need my money. The church does need your money. Every extra pound we get is another potential life saved or another potential church open. So please remember to keep giving to Ivy. Okay, last slide from me. Just to say, we are going through a consultation process. There'll be a meeting on the 17th of February, which is a week on Wednesday. Hands up if you normally go to those meetings. It's usually just a handful of diehards who are financially interested. Yeah, I can see some people not even daring to put their hand up, but I know you'll be there, so... Okay, uh, after that there'll be a vote during March in a meeting and we'll do that with the usual online plus voting uh, with a video behind it. Okay, that's it from me. Thank you for your attention. Mm -hmm.